Live from Owings Mills, another Purple Report by WNST correspondent Luke Jones. Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh met with the media for the Ravens season review press conference in Owings Mills. Well, everybody, thanks for coming. I just got back from the Senior Bowl where we spent the last couple days looking at prospects. We went down on Monday. Good week, historically nice weather down there, so uh, that was awesome. And uh, we're back, we're ready to get started, and we'll take questions. Um, the big question from the AFC Championship game is uh, the lack of rushing attempts, specifically with the running backs. Uh, why wasn't there more attempt to run the ball, and was there any point during the game where you had conversations with Todd about possibly trying to run the ball? Yes, we did throughout the course of the game. Uh, that's not the number you want to have. When it's all said and done, you look back on it, that's not really going to win us a, an AFC Championship game for sure. Uh, it's more than just calling plays. You know, we had in that game a big part of our game plan were RPOs, which are run-pass options, based on what the defense gives you, cans and check-with-me's, which are run-pass options a lot of times. Sometimes they're pass-to-pass, which we had. Sometimes they're run-to-run. But a lot of what we were doing was directed at the line of scrimmage by what the defense gave us. And the defense was lined up to take away the run. So you, you, the next thing would be to bring it in tight and, um, and just run the ball at heavy formations and, and wide receivers blocking the edge and protecting the edge that way. We could have done that, but we were down. So we wanted to keep the formations open and give ourselves the best chance to you know, try to move the ball and score points. Two-minute two offense at the end of the half. Two-minute offense mostly throughout the whole fourth quarter we were in. That's going to take away rushing attempts. So uh, it's not you know, an excuse. You want to run the ball more. Sometimes you've got to be willing to get big and run the ball that way. We just didn't want to do it that way in the game, and it, it cost us the opportunity to run the ball more. Along those lines, you mentioned when you, you guys obviously beat down, they scored on their first possessions, went down the field, possessed the ball a lot. Did, that, did those two drives and, and sort of that momentum that they garnered sort of force you in, into that or maybe change your, your thinking, I guess? It really, I, I, you could say it did. It put us in two minute at the end of the half, which you're going to be in anyway if you get the ball back. We played that well. We got the two-minute opportunity, and it put us in two minute in the fourth quarter. So I think that's where it came up as far as run pass play calling. We still wanted to play. We still wanted to stay with our, our, our game plan. We still wanted to run the ball. I mean, believe it or not, it was a big part of our game plan to run the ball. Had the ball for nine minutes in the first half. So those two long drives, it took us out of opportunity to call any kind of plays. And then we didn't convert. You know, we had, we had mistakes. We had, they stopped us. They made plays. We were off the field right away after that first drive. So I think all those things kind of played into it. Second half, we come out. We go three and out. You're not, you're not getting a chance to call any kind of runs when you're three and out. Uh, we got the ball back. We started moving the ball. Then we made a couple mistakes. You know, we had penalties. Uh, we, we had an opportunity to score that we didn't finish the play on. You know, and those things took us out of scoring opportunities and kind of wasted a couple drives there when it's all said and done. Then you're in a passing game at that point after all that happened. So I think when you look at the way the game played out, you can understand it from a football perspective. But once you get through all that, you come back, you want to run the ball against the Chiefs. There's no doubt about it. And we did want to run the ball against the Chiefs, and we weren't able to get to it. How involved were you in the play calling during the course of the game? Did that change? Because I know at halftime you would set, I believe, on television, we want to run the ball more. Um, and when did you realize it was just six carries for the running backs? Was that post? Yeah, it's not, it's not, you don't think in, that term, during, in those terms during the game. You're thinking play by play, series by series, what they're doing to stop you and attack you. you know, you're not thinking, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to answer for how many times we ran the ball in the press conference after the game. I mean, that's not, that doesn't, that's not important during the game. You're trying to find a way to win the game whatever way you can. 
we could have won that game. You know, if we'd have finished a couple plays, we would have won the game. So our defense played phenomenally in the second half. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed that we didn't win the game. But from, from a football standpoint, I understand the focus on it because it's one thing. But for me, it's not the focus. The focus is how can we, how can we protect our run game a little bit better with our pass game at times. So if you're going to spread people out and you want to open up your formations, you've got to protect the edges against the run game. And you've got to do it different kind of ways. You can do it by bringing blockers in there. You can do it by run pass options and reads after, after the ball snap. You can do it with quarterback-driven stuff, which we had a few of those in there. You can do it by going to passes with uh, check with me's, which we also called numerous times a lot of those passes were that way. Uh, then you've got to decide and you've got to pick up, am I throwing a pass that's going to beat man or zone or good versus all? And those are the decisions that you have to make. So it's not so much about, hey, how many runs do we have right now? I think we need to get more so I, so I can answer for it in the press conference. You know, It's more about what's going to give us the best chance to win the game right now in real time. And that's what we were looking at. John, specifically, Lamar's legs are such a big part of what you guys do offensively. You mentioned some of the quarterback design runs, but even some of the scramble plays. How unfortunate was it that his legs in general weren't a bigger part of the game? Well, I mean, that was always going to be a big part of it. You know, I had a great conversation with Lamar yesterday, and it was we talked about all these things. You know, we, we, were, we hashed it all out, and Lamar is just really good football mind, you know, and, and – um, I'll say that we were both like, like lockstep. We were both already thinking the same way. So does that mean I'm saying I got a football mind, good football mind? I don't know. But I've, I was happy with that because the challenges that you're facing schematically and personnel-wise and all that against the different defenses that kind of are coming up against us are the things that he's thinking about. So um, just saying he could have scrambled more or something like that, I don't know if that's really what your question is. But that's always going to be a huge part of it because it keeps the defense honest in a lot of ways. Uh, it didn't factor in as much in this game. It did a little bit. But we want that to be a big part of what he does, of course, because it keeps the defense honest. I mean, if they want to push out of there underneath your downfield routes, they want to match up on your checkdowns, that's going to leave Lamar. You know, and you've got to find a way to stop him, too. And we've seen that throughout the course of the season a lot. John, how did you assess the overall 2023 season? Was it a success? I mean, how do you feel about it? I think it was a great season. You know, uh, very rewarding. I love the team, the players, the, the, the chemistry, the culture, the camaraderie. Every single day these guys came to work. The coaches, the effort they put into it, uh, the job the scouts did. I mean, it was a great season. Disappointing, you know, at the end, of course. It always is for most teams. But, uh, you know, the thing that – I don't have the luxury of really dwelling on a season. You know, we go to the Senior Bowl the next day. I literally woke up the next day, say goodbye to the kids, went to the Senior Bowl. So we've moved on. I know I've moved on. I think the scouts have moved on. And uh, we're excited about the future. Uh, you lost Mike McDonald to Seattle. Two questions. One, was there an aggressive play made to try to keep him, or is it a matter of you just can't keep a head coach from becoming a head coach? And second of all, what went into the decision to uh, promote Zach Ward? Right. Uh, would have loved to have kept Mike, but he, no, we couldn't keep him. He was going to go take that job. He was happy and excited about it. And, you know, we're happy for him. I mean, when these things come up, these are, these are, these are good things. These are good problems to have because you know you're doing well. And uh, Mike, Mike did a great job. I think the whole defensive staff was phenomenal this year. The players were phenomenal. Um, it's kind of interesting. Everybody talks about how talented we are, and I agree. We were super talented, thanks to Eric and George Kokinas and all those guys over there in terms of some of the veteran players they put in. But that wasn't the conversation before the season, as you all well know. And I think, I think that defense you know, proved something to a lot of people. Same conversation that was had two years ago. You know, 
one the same one everybody was talking about at the end of this season with Mike moving on. So I'm proud of that. I mean, that's something that, as a coach, you look back on and you go, man, we worked together, all of us, to build something really special uh, as a team. But talking about the defensive side of the ball on defense, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. And the opportunities are going to happen. Uh, Denard's got an opportunity now to go be the defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Zach has an opportunity to be the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. The raising tide raises all ships. And those are, those are pretty good jumps for those three guys, and I'm excited for them. But with Zach specifically, and, and, and not just Zach, okay, the, the guys that are here, you know, Chris Hewitt, who's our, our past defense coordinator, Anthony Weaver, who runs the whole front, you know, and does a great job with the pass rush, does a great job with the run defense. He's also my assistant head coach, phenomenal leader, uh, was interviewing for head coaching jobs already this year. Those guys, along with Zach and the guys that we had on defense and some of the younger coaches that are already here, including Chuck Smith, uh, those guys are going to build another great defense. And I'm going to be in the middle of it, just like I'm in the middle of the offense and the special teams. But I'm going to lean on those guys and trust those guys and empower those guys to build a great defense. Zach is super talented, super enthusiastic. He's very smart. He is prepared for that job. He's in the middle of the defense. I think when you're a linebacker coach, that's, that's an advantage because you're in the middle of the defense. You understand the whole defense inside and out. You've got a big picture. Helps you with uh, defensive uh, play calling for sure. Anytime a linebacker coach usually has a little bit of an advantage as far as that goes. And Zach, there's no, there's no reason not to put Zach in that position in my mind right now. And I think he'll do a great job. But I also think he'll do a great job because of the support he's going to get from two veteran coaches who are great coaches, Chris Hewitt and Anthony Weaver. What a consideration was it though with Zach? I mean, even Mike went to Michigan for a year with a DC, called plays. How big of a consideration was it for you that he hasn't called uh, defensive plays? Oh, it's definitely a consideration. I mean, you definitely have to think about that. That's going to be something that we have to work through, and, and he's going to have to he's going to have to get on board with quick. I think he's been studying that, you know, and how to do that all the way through. So I, you know, talking to him, I have a comfort level that he'll be good at it. But you know, he's got to go do it. There's no doubt about it. So. Uh, but, he's, again, he's going to get support, not just from the, the veteran coaches also, but the young coaches that are going to help set up those game plans and, and make sure that all the bases are covered that way. John, do you have, do you have Anthony Weaver staying? He's going to stay on in the current role, or is he still juggling some stuff? That's a good question. He's still involved with the Dolphins' defensive coordinator job, and, and, uh, and we'll see. If he gets that job, I'll be happy for him. If he takes the job, I don't know if he'll even take it if he gets offered, but uh, he's involved in that job, and he – you know, I, you know if I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, Eric. Maybe I'll get in trouble. There's a league rule against this, but he'll be a great head coach. You know, I, if I he didn't get hired this cycle, and great coaches got hired, but you know, some someday some people are going to look back and they're going to say, "Man, we had a chance to hire Anthony Weaver." You know, I I, I guarantee you that they're going to say they miss, they're going to see they missed their chance, and the next time around somebody's not going to miss their chance. So that's how I feel about Anthony. Eric, as far as thinking of Joe Ortiz, I mean, personally, we've worked together for so long, and. What does that mean to you? And also, as far as you know, the, the plan and, and place then to, to replace that? Yeah, I mean, Joe and I worked together for 26 years. And, you know, for probably the last 15, he sat next to me, you know, during the draft and had a chance to, to study and watch me stack the board and run the meetings. And great evaluator, uh, great consensus builder. Uh, he, he did an amazing job the last five years, especially really working closely with the scouts managing and leading the scouts uh, and he's just a, he's just a great guy he's one of my best friends I'm very happy for he, he and Jennifer and their kids the boys uh, it's a special family you know as far as replacements uh, we, we've got a great staff and one of the 
one of the luxuries I have as a GM is that we've all been together for a very, very long time. You have, you know, someone like George Kokinas, who's, who's been here forever, uh, probably the best, you know, pro personnel guy in the league. And that's how we find these guys like the Van Noys and the Clownies and the Millettes and the Darbies and all those kind of guys. Mark Acevedo, David Blackburn, our director of college scouting. Uh, you know, we, uh, it'll, be, it'll be hard for me personally just because I really value Joe as an evaluator and as a person, as a friend. Uh, but I think we have the people to kind of take care of the process for us. Hey, Eric, as you get into um, moving forward into next year, do you anticipate using franchise tag on Matt VK? And is there any way that you anticipate seeing him reach free agency? You know, I learned a lesson this year, and that was, you know, as, as hard as uh, not to revisit the Lamar negotiation, but one of the great things about that negotiation was I learned that it's beneficial to just not talk about things. And I think, you know, it, it, there is a value sometimes to not really showing your cards or showing your hand. And so we'll have all those decisions, I think, made at some point coming soon. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, we'll talk about it, John and I, with Steve and Oz and Joe and George, not Joe, George and um, Nick and, and Pat, um, but you know we'll have we'll have those uh, decisions made in the coming weeks. We'll know what's best for us to do. Uh, it's something that just we just we haven't just started thinking about it. Obviously, it's something we've been thinking about. Uh, I think you know, Justin had a great year, as did Patrick Queen. Uh, those two guys, obviously, you know, pro bowlers, uh, great seasons, and uh, we'll have a good plan in place for those guys. Are either of you, um, you know, I think this time next week we'll be talking about Lamar having a second MVP. Um, you know, one great divisional game, not his best AFC championship game. Where do you guys kind of fit the postseason evaluation in what Lamar did, did this year? Do you separate it? I mean, is, how, how does that fit into what you want to see from Lamar in future years? Well, to me, it's big picture. You know, it, um, this is the first year in this offense, you know, and I think if you take you, some, you asked, you'd asked about Todd, you'd asked about how do you judge the season, and Eric, I said exactly what I would say. You know, you take it as a whole, and each game, you go back through each game, each part of it, and each part of it, and within that, each play within it, you know, that's how we evaluate it. And so it's pretty, it's a pretty deep metric, you know. So success, failure, well, it depends on your criteria, you know. Uh, in the National Football League, unless you don't make the playoffs, your last game is not a success unless you win the Super Bowl. So you take you got to understand that. So when you when you don't win your last game, especially a home AFC Championship game, which is so rare and so hard to get to, it's rare air. Then it's like, whoa, is it a success? Is it a failure? Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal success. He's a phenomenal success as a football player. He's a phenomenal success as a person, as a leader, uh, as a family man. But you're asking about the football player. He's there, in my opinion. He's the, he's there's nobody better in this league especially nobody better for the Baltimore Ravens and for this organization, for this city, and, uh, and just from a historical perspective. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about taking this offense to the next level next year, uh, an opportunity to, to pick up where we are and, and, and dig deeper with what we can give him. You say, you say Lamar has the keys to the offense, okay? Now you build the offense, it's like setting up a car. We've got to build a car. We've got to set the car up. Lamar's a driver. He's got to be involved in the setup of the car even more. Last year, that wasn't even possible, right? This year, he's going to be involved. And he's, we've talked about it. He's already involved about what we talked about yesterday in setting up that car. Now he comes in on the front end, and he's talking to the guys about how the car's set up and 
exactly how these things need to be run. This year, every day was a new day in the offense, you know, right on through the last part of the season. Next year, it won't be a new day every single day. And that's, that's pretty easy to figure out and, and, and make, it makes sense, right? But it's, it's real. And I'm looking forward to that next part of that process. John, John, John when, you talk to Lamar, when you talk to Lamar, what, what does he feel needs to be done? Yeah, I'm not even bringing the list in my pocket right now, but he's, uh, he's, he's talking X's and O's. He's talking the opportunity and how we attack the different defenses that we play. Anything from how we practice to it, to the options that we have, you know, protecting runs, pass protection, how we protect and how we adjust the protections, uh, how we get to certain routes against certain coverages. Those are things that are on his mind. You know, and those are things that he's going to be involved with the staff talking about. You know, I'm excited about that. He wants to do it. Uh, you know, and we, he's just into it, man. He's really into it. Uh, jumping off of what you said earlier about, you know, kind of being judged on, on the last game, um, I think what we've heard from fans this week is they felt like it wasn't so much that you lost, but they felt like it wasn't the team they had seen all season in the last game. Mm -hmm. And they felt that way also in 2020 and in 2019. Do you think that's a fair criticism? And do you see anything in process yeah. that you would tweak to avoid that, I guess. Definitely a fair criticism, because that's what you see. I mean, it's just, you look at it, it's not the same. You know, it wasn't, you know, a 30-point win over, over a division leader, you know, obviously, and that's the result of it. It was the same team. It was the same guys. It's, it's, it's the game plan that was devised against that particular team that day. Uh, but we didn't play better than the team we played. They played better than us, you know. They had a better game plan. Uh, they had a better, they executed their game plan better. They made plays. I mean, they made some great throws, some great catches, uh, a few great runs, you know, in the first half especially, and they scored those points. Their defense came up and made plays. They tackled well. Uh, they kept us bottled up. Um, they covered us well. We didn't, we didn't come up with those great plays. That's really the difference. So in that sense, it's not the same team, but in the sense of the effort, uh, the preparation, uh, what, what we were bringing to the table schematically, all those things, it was exactly the same team. It was just a different result. And uh, every single team in the league uh, is going to have that feeling after losing in the playoffs. So I get it. You know, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. The fact that we didn't win that game at home uh, in front of our crowd for the first time, you know, in all these years and get a chance to play in the Super Bowl because I felt the same way last year. I felt like if, we'd have, if we hadn't, you know, messed, not, 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 not finished the game last year, made the mistakes last year that cost us the game against the Bengals, I feel like we'd have been in the Super Bowl last year. I believe that with all my heart. I've told the guys that. They know that. Uh, so I think that's normal and natural. Our fans care. They care just as much as we do as coaches, as players. I have to believe that. And uh, we all should be feeling that way. But we all should be excited about where we're going, you know, and what's in front of us and what we're building here. And then we're challenged by the things we've got to overcome. You know, there's always, there's always things that you lose and you've got to make up for and find a way to even improve on. We did a great job of that last year. I hope we can do even better this year. Eric, by his own admission, Ronnie Stanley the other day expressed disappointment in how he played this year. We know how the last few years have gone with him health-wise and lack of availability. But given where he is with his health performance and also with his compensation level, where is the organization with him and his left tackle position need to start maybe looking at more carefully in a big picture sense? Well, I think the offensive line is always going to be something that we stress here. You know, we're going to continue to look at that every single year, particularly as you get older, you know, uh, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher for guys to stay healthy. And unfortunately, Ronnie, no fault of his own, but he has had, you know, a series of injuries that have hurt him, hurt his performance, uh, the ankle, and then a series of knee injuries. And so that's definitely been a factor. You know, uh, I love Ronnie. Uh, he's still a talented player. I think this is going to be a big offseason for him. 
getting himself healthy, getting himself strong again, coming back in great football shape. We'll make all those personnel decisions over the coming weeks, what we decide to do. But as far as the position in general, I definitely think, you know, Coach said this in 2008 when we interviewed him. He said we're always going to have a strong, physical, big offensive line, and that's kind of bled into the culture of this place and who we are as an organization. We're going to continue to do that. What happened with Tyus Bowser? It's kind of a mystery all year. And where does that leave his status going forward? Yeah, you know, unfortunate for Tyus. He couldn't play this year. Um, can't really get into all the different specifics of that, as you guys know, uh, how we handle the injuries. I think Tyus has probably talked about it in some way. Uh, he had an injury, uh, unfortunate, and, uh, you know, wasn't able to play. And we'll have to continue to assess that in the coming weeks to see where he stands with that injury. Um, you know, great man, uh, a, a good player for us. Just a tough deal for him this year, uh, and we'll have to deal with it. Eric, I'm wondering how difficult it is for you to know a guy like JPP might not have enough in the tank to go another year here, and then pick up guys like Kyle Vannoy and Clowney, and they do. And uh, how difficult is that situation? And do you see guys like that and Cook being offered a job back next year? Uh, what do you, when you say difficult, I'm not really sure what you mean. Clowney, out of the league, Van Noy, they weren't, he was on the couch. Right. And, but they came in and they were able to come oh, okay. in and where, where other teams didn't look at it much. Yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, partly their own ability as players and, and their desire at this stage of their careers. But I also think it's this place. You know, players come in here and they're part of our strength and conditioning program and the way that we practice and the way that we coach. And, you know, other players and the vibe that this place has, you guys see it at practice every day. Uh, we've become a place, I think, where veteran players can come and really succeed and play well. And there's a lot of reasons for that, the performance stuff that we do upstairs and the wellness stuff that we do, and nutrition and Sarah and Sam and the trainers and John and his program. And guys come in here and flourish. And so I think it speaks to that, but also to the type of guys that they are. I mean, Van Noy, Clowney, Millette, Darby, all those guys. Those guys are wired the right way. And they really, really wanted to win this year. They saw potential to win this year. And they hit the ground running, and they played very well. Going back to the defense real quick. Obviously, it's a big loss when you lose a guy like Mike McDonald. And you always want your new coordinator to be able to leave their fingerprint. But when your defense was as good as it's been, how different do you want it to look? What differences would you be looking for? Well, yeah, I'm looking for evolution and growth, just like we would if, if, if Mike was still here. You know, And, and that's, why you ha that's why we have... Uh, advancement from within you know I've seen the job that those guys have done and Zach has done and and we're building and, and evolving this defense ever since 2008 and uh, it's been some sea change or sea change in 12 or sea change in 18 and uh, then there was uh, uh, change of uh, face a little bit uh, when Mike came in and now there'll be another change of face with uh, with Zach in here and kind of putting his fingerprints on it like you said but it'll still be uh, in the world of what we do with Ravens defense schematically and even more importantly how we how we like to play and Zach hard to hard to beat Zach in terms of knowing that because he's born and bred a Raven so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you've gone over the AFC championship a few times uh, what happened with Justin Tucker before the game uh, we heard from Tucker we've heard from the Chiefs I don't know if you have an opinion on who was in the wrong who was in the right and whether or not that got into the heads of your players as some fans perceive because you guys had four personal fouls throughout the game and maybe the Chiefs were in your guys' heads as a perception out there. So, yeah, as, 
as far as the thing, I mean, I know Justin did the same. I wasn't out there for it, so I didn't see it. I heard about it after. But uh, same routine he's done for the last 12 years, same timing. There is no side of the field, so you know that the field doesn't split in half until a certain time. The kickers are always out there as, long, as well as the returners before that happens. So teams get to use both ends of the field because you've got to kick into both, both wins. You know, both, you get to kick both ways. While that was going on, their kickers were down there at the other end doing the exact same thing in the exact same spot. And there was no problem down there. So uh, I think it's pretty normal that we do that. Played the Chiefs a bunch of times before. It was the same exact time schedule that we had all those other times. So it's fine. Uh, as far as the other part of it, no. It's a football game. It's about how you execute and how you play. And the, and, and, uh, and the Chiefs played a better football game than we did. But that part of it early on, I don't, I don't fault Tuck at all. He was doing what he always does. I'm not blaming anybody. I could care less. It doesn't mean anything. Didn't get in Tuck's head. He's kicking the ball straight and kicking touchbacks. So uh, I don't think it impacted the game in any way. How did you have the seeming disconnect between Lamar and Rashad I don't have anything to say about that way you asked the question because I don't see it that way, you know. Uh, I, those guys are uh, are doing their jobs, and we're trying to build a pass game around everybody we can. I mean, Rashad Bateman has a great future. Yeah, he runs great routes. I mean, he's developed into a great, great route runner. And I know Lamar wants to get him the ball as much as he can. So the idea that he didn't, maybe you're saying he didn't get as many passes as you would have liked him to get or whatever. Hey, I agree, man. I want Bate to flourish and, and make a bunch of plays, and he's going to do that. And um, I think he'll be a bigger part of it next year just by the fact that he was healthy all year this year, had a chance to establish himself that way, and he'll be, uh, he'll be, he'll be starting. He'll be playing all those snaps, and uh, he'll rise to the occasion. Eric rebuilt the receiver room last year, but Odell, Aguilar, Duvernay, they're set to become free agents. A decision needs to be made on Bateman's fifth-year option in May. Could this group undergo a lot of change again this season? I don't know. I, I love the guys we have coming back. I mean, I think Bates going to have a great season. And uh, and we got Zay. We will talk to guys and look at potentially bringing some guys back. But I feel really good about where we are. I think we also saw the emergence of uh, Isaiah Likely this year. And we know, of course, what Mark can do, Mark Andrews. And so we have a lot of guys that can make plays. And uh, I think, you know, watching – Watching Zay this year and just picturing Zay and Bate out there next year is very exciting, and we'll see where that leads. We've also got the draft, uh, and like I said, you know, uh, we'll have conversations with our uh, free agents as well. And we've already started those conversations in some cases, and so uh, I would expect the receiver room to be very strong next year and very productive. Um, that being said, the Super Bowl window is obviously wide open. Um, are you, just given where you guys are competitively, are you viewing you know, potential for um, using those picks to acquire established players, players already in the league, or is the franchise preference remain just kind of find guys through the process? Yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, fundamentally, we're always going to be focused on the draft. I mean, look at our history. You know, uh, now we've, you know, in the last couple of years, we have traded draft picks for players in some cases. But I think generally uh, we're going to be a draft-centric team. And, uh, you know, as we've said, the, the landscape has changed a little bit because we're paying a quarterback who deserves it a lot of money. And that's going to have a salary cap ramification for sure. We'll start to feel that. We've started to feel that last year. We'll feel that this year, as do a lot of teams. 
so draft picks are very important to us, will continue to be very important. However, of course, if we have the chance to acquire an all-pro type guy, we're going to look at that very closely. Um, so there's really not one set formula, of course, but uh, generally we like to have a lot of draft picks, and uh, I would expect us to uh, have a lot of draft picks this year. You make a lot of tough decisions last year. You made the decision to not pick up Patrick Queen's fifth-year option. Looking back now with him being a free agent, how do you still you feel still feel the same way you felt at the time when you guys didn't pick that up? Well, you know, you never know on these situations. It's a challenge. Um, Patrick had an amazing season. I love Patrick. He's one of my favorite guys on the team. He's put himself in a great position, uh, potentially to hit the market and see what his value is. Um, you know, you never know if, if you pick up an option, that's less money that you can spend on somebody else. And so how does that, how do those dominoes fall? Really hard to say. I, I can say that Patrick, I'm very, very, I know Coach feels the same way. He had an excellent season, Pro Bowl season. His future is extremely bright. He's one of the best inside linebackers in the league. Credit to him. I'm very happy for him, very, very happy for his family. He's a special player and a special person. Um, generally speaking, with 20-plus pending unrestricted free agents, with where you sit salary cap-wise, it's kind of first priority looking at, you know, can we bring a lot of these guys back? How do you feel about the chances of doing that? Well, we'll be busy. You know, we'll be talking to agents at the Combine, and we'll be talking. We started talking to agents, looking at, you know, the, the crop of free agents that are out there, but, but mostly at our guys, and who can we bring back, and what's that contract going to look like, and what will those long-term ramifications be as well? And, uh, you know, at some point, you get to the point where you have to play with who you have and you have to draft well and you have to hit on players, and I think we've done that the last couple of years. We've seen the emergence of a lot of younger players, and that's going to continue. We've got a great process. We've got great evaluators. Our coaching staff does a phenomenal job, and we also develop players. So, you know, I don't really subscribe to the idea of windows opening and closing. I'd like to believe that with, with careful roster building and uh, good drafting and development of players, the window is going to always be open. Um, one of those free agents, obviously, Kevin Zeitler, dealt with a lot of injuries this year and so forth. Um, what's, what's kind of the plan with them? I, I know you've got a couple of free agents at the guard spot and, and sort of how much emphasis will, will the offensive line be, uh, I guess, in that evaluation process, be it free agency, draft, et cetera. Yeah, well, you know, congrats to Kevin. He's at the Pro Bowl right now, and uh, he's earned it. I think he's been a Pro Bowler. This was his first year, but in my mind, he's been a Pro Bowler. A great attitude, great player, uh, veteran, awesome family. Uh, his wife, by the way, she's an unbelievable baker. Um, but, you know, I'm really happy for Kevin. He's a free agent. Uh, he's one of those guys that we'll continue to talk to. He and I met last week. We'll see what that looks like in the coming weeks. But as I said, the offensive line is going to always be a preference. You know, I know it's not a sexy position for a lot of people, my, my sons included. Um, but it's a critical important for our team, and we will spend a lot of resources and a lot of time talking what that's going to look like. John, you talked earlier about the emotions coming off of Sunday's loss, and now a busy week full of lots of changes personnel-wise. Have you guys remembered a, a time in the past where you've had such a busy first week of the offseason? Are you guys feeling all right? Everything? Yeah, I remember last year. It was pretty busy last year. The year before, it was just as busy. The year before, it was the same amount of busy. And I think your point is really great because it's amazing. You come off that game and the emotions of it and the challenge of it, and you have to dive right back in. And that is exactly how it feels to, to what you're saying. 
you got to go, man. you got to go to work. We, you have to set it. And we haven't just been working on staff. We've been working on setting our, uh, our path, stoking up the engines schematically, you know, defensively and especially offensively. Since the whole staff was together offensively all week, uh, we, we're going to meet today. And uh, that's going to be a presentation that's going to be made about we're gonna, what we're doing for the next four weeks in terms of setting up our offense for where we're going to go in the future. So that's exactly what you do, and that's exactly what you have to do. Morgan Moses at the locker room clean out of mission. He might be looking at a surgery option this spring. Is Marcus Williams undergoing surgery? Are there any guys that you anticipate injuries leading to, you know, holding up from training camp? Marcus is not. Uh, yeah, he's had this conversation yesterday. Very few surgeries. Uh, he, uh, uh, Morgan has to decide if he wants to have the surgery or not. He doesn't have to have it, but he might want to have it to be, uh, you know, just he's got to make that decision performance-wise and life-wise. Uh, and then uh, Adafi always had a thumb surgery. He'll be like full speed in like six to eight weeks. And uh, was there another one? Uh, you know, I'm, there might have been one more that I can't remember, but nothing serious. It, really. So, no there's, no, there's no big major injuries at this point. We do have guys coming off major injuries uh, that will, will be, they'll be rehabbing like a job on some other guys. Do you anticipate any changes on the offensive or special teams staff? Uh, yeah, just kind of working through that right now. Uh, that's, uh, you know, guys get opportunities. I don't want to speak before all this hiring process gets done. I don't really. But then again, opportunities come along. Eric, have you had a chance to talk to Lamar since the season ended? And have you gotten input on what he might, look, you know, what he might want and his kind of vision for uh, possibly offensive uh, additions? No, we just texted. Like, you know, that's probably the way that we can really communicate most of the time is through text. And just texted him and told him how proud I was of what he was able to accomplish this year. And just watching him play was pretty amazing for me to see him week to week and just his, the way that he practiced. He stayed healthy this year. And so we'll have those conversations. Maybe I'll go down at some point and visit with him, as I have a few times over the years, and maybe take him out to dinner and just talk about things in general and get some sun. But... Uh, you know, maybe that, that's probably going to be a, a February, March. Make sure you wear a hat when you go down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, so, you know, no, I haven't really talked to him too much. But Lamar, I'll tell you, he's great about, you know, offering suggestions and ideas. And he and I have a great, you know, relationship where we can exchange different ideas on personnel and things. And he's a huge fan of college football. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate his feedback. Eric, um, about Zach. Uh, do you ever go back when a guy reaches a new level like Zach has with his defensive coordinator position, look at the old notes from when he was a player, just kind of, and just in a bigger picture, what does it mean as an organization to see somebody who's a player now take on a defensive coordinator role and reach these levels? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, you do have certain players over the years you think about, would this guy make a great coach? We were just talking about a couple of guys the other day that we that played here that we thought would would make great coaches. Zach comes from a football family. His brothers played. His dad played. He's got a coaching background in his family, and uh, he's a student of the game. You know, you know, Zach's not the biggest guy. You guys that covered him as a player, you know, I mean, I think he he probably played at I don't know two eighteen maybe two twenty. I mean, he had a hard time keeping weight on, but. What made Zach so good as a player was he had a great instinct for the game. He was very, very quick to key and diagnose, and he played with a passion, and he was just relentless to the football. And, uh, and those qualities make a great coach.
So I have no doubt that Zach is going to be a great defensive coordinator and probably, if I had a crystal ball, a head coach someday. Hey, John, were you surprised to see Ortiz post by your No, I wasn't surprised. Is there a follow-up to that? <laughs> uh, did he ask you anything? could make you ask the question here. I was wondering, Joe's been around a lot. He knows the success that's been had here. Why not take the guy who has been watching all of these college players develop into great professionals? That's a great hire. I was very upset. Joe's a great guy. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I think what you're saying is right. And uh, Jim and Joe already have a relationship because of all the visits that Joe makes. And, of course, being from the Ravens, you know, I'm sure Joe gets – little more access in, as far as talking to Jim, you know, because they have a shared, you know, interest. And, uh, and they, they built a great relationship already. They've, they've been friends for a while. But that wasn't – Joe was already involved in that job. He was involved in that job before Jim was ever even finished with his season. Joe had already – I think he already interviewed there probably. So um, I think when they got their two finalists and then and Jim was involved in both the interviews, he loved both guys. And he thought they were both great. But the fact that, you know, they knew each other already is good for Jim, and I think it's good for Joe. And, uh, you know, it's a really great hire, to your point. Did Jerry reach out to you in, ahead of time? As Jim? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it okay? Is oh, is it okay? Oh, no, it was already – no, no, he didn't ask that. Maybe he should have, you know. <laughs> kind of, now that I think about it. But uh, it, was, it was already in the works, you know. It was already in the works. Uh, but he, he asked me what I thought of Joe, obviously, and I'm – Nothing but I just love him and respect him. Think he's the best. Eric, you lose obviously a great pickleball bow and uh, Joe, but that's not my question. Uh, you guys have been through a lot of these AFC championships. Eric, you a few more than John. Um, oh, I wasn't through a number in Philadelphia. Before. That's true. I, I meant it's your facts straight. All right. This is the Baltimore question. Was that gut wrenching? The loss. I mean, you know, a lot of people want to compare it to New England and all that. Was that more gut wrenching? What happened Sunday? And did it take a while to recover forward? You guys personally, as hard as you guys take these things? You know, Jerry, they're, they're all gut-wrenching, you know, for me. Uh, but I move on. As I said, you know, I don't, I don't have the luxury. I don't get to talk about it on the radio all week and write articles about it. I have to move on. I mean, that is what it is. I got to go to the Senior Bowl. I mean, imagine how my wife felt when I told her Sunday night, oh, by the way, I'm leaving in the morning to go to the Senior Bowl for the week. But that's what we do. And it was a hard game, you know, uh, you move on. You have to. I mean, there's been so many games over the years, you know, that I could go into. I could, I could talk about the game against the Steelers in 2007 when I was at the Manhattan Beach Marriott in the Monday night game when I smashed the mirror in my hotel room. I think we were down 21 nothing in the first, what, five minutes of the game, Jamison? You know, right? You, you covered that game. So, I mean, there's, a, there's so many bad games, right? There's so many great games. We're blessed to be a part of it. We're blessed to be a part of this team. And every year is a unique challenge, and we'll move forward, and we'll be the best we can next year. Eric, you want to approach the running back position. Quite a few free agents in that room as well. I know you guys probably think highly of Keaton Mitchell coming back, but the future of the running back position. Yeah, well, I'm glad we have uh, Justice on a two-year deal. You know, uh, last year, you know, Nick was, was able to get a two-year deal done with Justice, and Justice was really one of the unsung heroes of the team this year down the stretch. I mean, guy had a phenomenal season. Um, you know, obviously, we do have some free agents, and, uh, you know, uh, it was a challenge this year with J.K.'s injury, which was unfortunate, terrible for us, and then with Keaton. But, um, you know, we'll assess that market. We'll talk to those guys. We'll try to We'll see where things kind of lie with, with Gus and J.K., both two guys I have a lot of respect for, two outstanding players for us over the past three or four years. 
Um, we'll look at the draft. We'll look at free agency. Uh, that's kind of a position like offensive line. Like, we've got to have some good running backs. I think we do. Um, part of that is predicated on how guys come back from injuries. But I know we've got a great running backs coach, and uh, we'll be ready to go. Uh, for, for both of you, um, I know you, you guys haven't done your big meetings with Steve yet, but I mean, has he offered um, any comment on sort of the season overall, what he thought of it, and where he kind of takes the team as stands right now? I think Steve was extremely happy that we could bring an AFC championship game to Baltimore. And I think he was really happy with just the season in general. I think he's now turned his – he's a huge draft nick. And I think uh, he's, he's starting to look at that. I was down there this week, and he was asking me about players. But, you know, it's always hard for all of us. I mean, we kind of just – we love what we do, and we want to see this thing, you know, finish in a great way, and it didn't. So that's a challenge for everybody, honestly. But we move on, and we get excited, and we understand the challenges ahead. And I think Steve is a part of that as well. I, I agree. He's, he, I texted him. He said some great things. And, and of course, he's, he's also a competitor. And uh, he wants to uh, find every way we can to get better, just like we want to do it. I mean, you talk about the losses. just got me thinking. Is what, what, how do you rank them? Um, I feel really bad about the Colts' loss. I was devastated. I was cut in half on that one. And the Browns' loss. And then the two, the two Steelers' losses. Probably even, if I'm ranking them, probably even worse. You know, so those four losses during the regular season were brutal as well. So, you know, we take it hard. We take it hard, man. Anytime we lose a game, we take it hard. So we took that one hard too. But then you know what? You're tough. You better be, you know, to point, Eric's point. And I sit up here and say that, but it may be kind of people to kind of roll their eyes, but that's, that's the great thing about it. You have to bounce back and you have to go back to work and you have to compete. And that's, that's not just football, that's life. That's what everybody does every single day in their life. That's what they're, that's what they're tasked to do. Everybody has to do that. And uh, you, can, you can thrive in, 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 in plenty, and you can thrive when you have little. You know, you can still be the same person. And I think that's what we try to do. That's what all our guys try to do. It's what you guys try to do with your life every single day. And, and that's what you do, you know. And we were on the mountaintop this year many times, and we were down in the valley sometimes. We were in the middle a lot of different times, but we were, we were still moving. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. Thanks. Thanks, man.